Well folks, RPG A Day Month is upon us. The veritable tsunami of RPG gaming positivity. I hope you enjoy it. Many of us podcasters will be chipping in with our thoughts, answering a range of questions once a day for the entire month. I will be combining my offerings into small chunks, three or four days perhaps, maybe more. We'll see how it goes. Hope you enjoy. Question one, who would you like to introduce to RPGs? I've been talking about introducing new players to RPGs recently on the podcast and my thoughts haven't really changed on this one. It's going to be kids every time for me. I don't really run into a vast amount of adults that I can visualise playing RPGs. Occasionally I do, but I'm going to focus my attention on uh, Year 7s. So we're talking about the age range about 10 to 11. Now ideally, I would like to see a, a good cultural mix of kids girls and boys and really if if I could get those kids that perhaps without RPGs would be getting themselves into trouble and mischief um, or those that are kind of reluctant to read so inspiring kids to do a bit more reading uh, and break out the books or even those who feel like they they lack a bit of imagination so kind of unlock the imagination unlock the uh, desire to learn and explore that would be my those would be my ideal RPG converts I think there's the interest is there uh, particularly there there are a, a good number of um, kids who like Marvel and anime they seem to be the two main camps so tapping into that seems quite possible but we'll talk about that in days to come Uh, just to add to that i wanted to also mention you know some kids find it pretty difficult to make friends and i think that group could be uh, good candidates for RPGs they've got something like a the safety of an imaginary world where they can explore relationships and uh, share a common interest Um, it's a bit of a trope I guess but I think it's a trope for uh, a good reason but that's it I am actually done now Question two, what is a great introductory RPG? The answer to question two is a tricky one for me. The games that I have used to introduce players, most recently I've used 5th edition Dungeons and Dragons and 
In fact, myself was reintroduced to the hobby through the 5e starter set. Whilst it's highly available, um, I believe a, a, a solid product, it's not necessarily the direction I would choose to head now and casting my mind back to the 1983 to the immense red box of Dungeons and Dragons the way he used a type of choose your own adventure to introduce potential players to the game I thought was was really effective I've got fond memories of it in the same way that I've got fond memories of the fighting fantasy books now arguably they are not action RPG could I could I recommend them are those things relevant to the kids that I've talked about in answering question one I'm not so sure I'm not so sure I think for that reason I'm sticking with my my idea of something like ICRPG from Runehammer Games just because of its flexibility the clean and kind of I think quite lively graphics that it's got there it's got an, quite an arresting bold visual style uh, the DIY spirit of ICRPG is something that I for my kind of chosen audience of converts or uh, neophytes it, it's the it's the kind of DIY approach to gaming that I want to encourage that super creative super productive uh, adaptable kind of thinking where you're not tied into an IP and you're, you're not tied in and being spoon fed loads and loads of content I, I think um, for the game to achieve what I want it to achieve it needs to encourage that type of uh, play, exploration, creativity, all those great things that, you know, so many RPGs do, of course, create. But for me, ICRPG uh, it's just been so inspirational. Every time I read it, I want to go away and and play something or do something. and And that's... I don't quite know what it is about that book that does that. I don't know if it's the character of hankering coming through. Importantly as well, you've got a free starter set of rules that have got everything you need to play. So much GM advice in there as well. So for a novice GM, I think the support in the GM section and things about creating monsters and also the support on on like Hank's uh, website and the, the forums the YouTube videos he puts out there big names like Dungeons and Dragons have got way more of that stuff but at a certain point maybe that becomes a little bit counterproductive and one thing you'll find with D&D as well you, you have got a lot of people telling you that this is how you should do this and this is how you should do that. Whereas with ICRPG, it's not like that. I've I've not encountered that. 
because it's maybe there's just much less of the content and it's a bit more niche and hankering as i say it's got this real flexible approach that can only be a good thing in my mind as well if i were introducing it myself it allows me a, a, a great amount of flexibility to match the tastes of your target audience question three when were you first introduced to rpgs and this classic question crops up time and time again pretty difficult to pin it down precisely and I maintained that I was role-playing and playing role-playing games in the playground with my mates as soon as I started school probably even before that the trouble of course in them playground games there was a, a lack of structure and there would always be arguments about who was dead who wasn't dead you know you're playing army in the playground you're all shooting how do you determine when uh, someone's got to go down uh, really how different is that to the role-playing games that we know and love as adults the first formal rule set i would say that i played would have been in around late 81 or somewhere around there it was Moldvay basic and um, never really got into the expert set with it had morphed into a mashup of basic D&D and advanced D&D by the time our characters were of a level that the expert rules may have come into play and I certainly remember never remember seeing them my first experience of expert rules was with the Beckme expert uh, the Mensa expert and thoroughly loved loved those rules when they came along question four where would you host a first game Based on the fact that I'm looking to set up a, a school D&D club or gaming group, uh, my options for where that will be located are limited. W within the school setting, of course, there is a little bit of latitude. I could do it in my, my kind of engineering department. I could perhaps look at setting something up in the library or um, in one of the more regular classrooms, if it was at a lunchtime or after school. I could just find a vacant one and book it out. Chances are I'll stick with my own room. The advantage of that is I can have all my stuff to hand. I'm not gonna be lugging things about. I'll be familiar with the setup. I've got the laptops in there. The kids have got the Chromebooks. Um, got the big Promethean board. It's probably the way I'd go. Although in the library, it would have a sort of a higher profile it's in that kind of a little bit more of an academic environment or well, that might be a bit too loud could cause problems with other people using the library so maybe try both see how i go it would be nice to kind of get a little bit of extra exposure and i think the uh, the library would provide that you'd um, run into a wider range of kids i guess
So I guess thinking about location, focus on your aims. Is it exposure you want? Is it convenience? Um, is it the, the technology and the facilities? There's, it's perhaps more to this than meets the eye. And there you go, that is a wrap. A big thanks goes out to the pit crew, the generous folks supporting my endeavours over on Spike Pit Patreon, and a big thanks goes out to you, the listener, for taking a bit of time out of your day to listen to old Spike Pit. Take care, and I'll catch you later.